0: Welcome to We're Talking. We have an opinion about everything, and it means absolutely nothing. Now, here are your hosts, the rocket surgeon and the brain scientist, but we're not sure who's who Craig Malasaw and Josh Jacno. They're talking. Welcome to We're Talking. Today, we're talking basketball, Cajun basketball to be, to be specific, with Mr. Jay Walker, the voice of the UL Raging Cages. Jay, how surprised are you that we're talking basketball in May? Well, you know,
1: since you've never met a podcast that you don't like, I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> I'll
0: talk about anything. Yeah,
1: I understand. It's why it's called We're Talking. Exactly. You know, we're going to, at some point in time, we're going to talk alcohol. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff.
0: As we sip on our Yingling here at the ballpark in Montgomery, with Georgia Southern leading uh, ULM. Eight to nothing in the top of the fourth. So, lots of fun here. So, two, two big announcements today for Cajun basketball. You want to go ahead and.
1: Well, you know, the biggest one is Third Times the
0: Charm, I guess. Um,
1: as Jordan Brown, um, who was a, a five star recruit in California and the son of former Raging Cajun great Deion Brown. There are a lot of people who will say to this day that Deion Brown's their all time favorite Cajun basketball player. Uh, but Jordan Brown, who uh, started out on the West Coast, transferred to Arizona. Sean Miller, of course, was fired. He went back into the portal, and he has agreed to become a and Cajun. You know, Jordan Brown's a talent, okay? He's a serious talent. But I think what, what this is, this is a huge insurance policy if Duguay chooses not to return, because he hasn't made a decision yet on whether he's coming back or not if he does come back well now you've got brown gay and akuba to give you a three-person rotation that's going to be pretty special does that make us con- contenders in the Sun Belt? you know i think it does because again no announcements have been made but i'm pretty sure cedric russell's coming back
0: i, I think so too that's what i'm hearing uh Dew is do is back home in his home country uh So uh, they're waiting for him to return. He said he'd give his answer at that time. So, so
1: they um, and and you know and then you know you've got the young man from St. John's uh, who has come in. They also have got another player that um, they are uh, ready to announce or have announced at least through social media. Young man from uh, that that went to San Jose State, but he's a Lafayette High graduate, and uh, and his brother. Was a, was a really good basketball player at the University of Houston. So, you know, I, I think that Bob Marlin has developed depth, not only at the guard position, but I think uh, I- inside also. And, uh, you know, I, this team, if, if, they, if they've got chemistry, there's a lot of talent on that basketball team coming up this year.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but You're I th- wrong. Uh, I'm all Greg Williams, the transfer from uh, from St. John's that attended LCA. And here now we've got the train rocking. Hopefully, everybody will hear that. I know you can. But uh, Greg Williams Jr., LCA, St. John's. Um, where was I going? The train distracted me big time. It's easy, stick something shiny in front of my face, and I'm, I've moved around.
1: Usually, it's money, but that's
0: okay. Yes. So, but uh, and then Jalen Delcourt from from lafayette i believe and tennessee state i believe all three of them and jordan brown all three of three uh two years at least
1: yeah i think that's right so i know jalen
0: had to redshirt his uh, uh not jalen uh jordan had to to redshirt his fr- uh his his first year at arizona so uh, and then he got a covet year yes so,
1: you know so yeah
0: so we're very lucky, and it's going to be an exciting basketball game. You go back to, to, to the days of Deion Brown and, and the excitement that we had in Blackham Coliseum. I know you were doing mainly TV at the time, and I was a, a young student. It might have been my third freshman I, I was year. Doing,
1: I was doing mostly fan at the time. As oh, really? a, As a matter of fact, my first year doing the Cajuns on TV was when they made that NIT appearance after Graylin and Dion and all those guys had left. So when Dion was playing, I was sitting in Blackham Coliseum. I just made sure I didn't sit next to you.
0: Well, that was probably a good thing because I was a young freshman with hair.
1: I had hair too, and it was long.
0: <laughs> and I'm not sure which freshman year that was for me, but it was, it was a fun first couple of years at, at, at USL and in Blackham Coliseum. Uh, I mean, Dion Brown, uh, and, and to me, I, I would think Dion would probably be up there in my top five. But for me, it was uh, Graylin Warner. He was he was there in rebounds, block shots, assists, shooting, everything. But uh, Dion Dion Brown might have been the best little big man the Cajuns
1: have ever had because he played the power forward and he was six five. But that sucker could rebound the basketball like nobody's business. He was Bryce Washington before Bryce Washington was Bryce Washington.
0: That was, I mean, all of those guys. I don't remember, uh, was Alonzo Allen on that team also? I think Alonzo Allen was younger with with Raylan and Deion.
1: Yeah, Alonzo was like the sixth man for a good part of that. But yeah, you know, it was... It was Grayland and Alonzo and and uh, Dion Brown and it was George Allmans. Uh-huh. Um, you know they they man they were good. They were awfully good.
0: And well, errant throw there. Let's see. Uh, let's the Warhawks. Uh... They got them loaded with nobody out, yeah. so let's see if they can get a hit or two and get back into this room You know, from, from here, if you're not watching on TV from here, I like the Warhawks uniforms. But when, when you get up close, I'm sorry. Uh, it, do, it doesn't look good. Uh, we were talking with uh, Josh Sowers a few minutes ago uh, from UTA, and I think if they would have went with the stenciled numbers on the uniforms like they did, the Army did on the Jeeps and the warplanes and everything like that, which most people don't know during World War II, the Army was the Air Force. It was the Army Air Corps. It, what, the the Air Force didn't come around, I think, until
1: 1951. Okay, did you, um, have you ever sung the Air Force anthem?
0: Uh, nothing the, can
1: beat the Army Air Corps. It's oh. the la- off we go into the wild blue yonder. yonder,
0: okay? But the it's,
1: nothing can beat the Army Air Corps.
0: Wow. Jay dropping knowledge on me today. As he normally does. Look, but.
1: when you're as old as I am, there are just some things you know that other people don't.
0: Well, it's uh, it's fun. I, I don't want to go away just yet, uh, but we're going to spend a few more minutes talking Cajun basketball and the history. Now, who were the guards on that team that were uh, – who was the point guard? Almonds was kind of a combo guard.
1: Um, the year after – those guys, when some of those guys left, but Almonds was still there. Drexel
0: Allen. Drexel Allen. Okay. And, and I think
1: maybe that last year that Drexel was maybe involved there, um, but but man, it was those. It, it, it was it was Dion Brown, Grayland Warner, Alonzo Allen. They they and and of course one of the most underappreciated Cajun players maybe ever because of the publicity the other guys got, and that was Dan Gay
0: in the oh. middle. Dan Gay was a huge force. He, he works for uh, uh, one of the European basketball uh, leagues overseas right now. Very nice. He came into a reunion a few years back. Himself, Grayland Warner, and Dion, all those guys came in. They were honored. I think it was the, uh, 84, the 84 NIT team was honored that year or something. But uh, Dan Gay was huge. Where was Johnny Collins in the mix? That's another name. Johnny Collins
1: was a guy... On the first couple of nit teams that the, that the Cajuns had, he was more with the Dion Rainey bunch um, than he was with with Dan Gay and the, okay. and and, and, and Alonzo and and Dion Brown and Grayland Warner. But um, you know, as a fan, one of my top moments for the Cajuns: Dion Rainey in the deep corner. To beat UAB in the first round of the NIT, beat Gene Bartow, and the Cajuns wound up going to the quarterfinals. Johnny Collins had a big shot uh, at the end of the uh, game to beat Texas, and then they ran into uh, Kevin McHale in Minnesota yeah. and got knocked out. But, man, Deion Rain- that Dion Rainey shot in Blackham Coliseum was packed, and you know how loud it got in there. Worst acoustics in the history of anything. And... Man, that was great.
0: As a fan, that was a great moment. I remember that game and the last game in Black Coliseum was an NIT game versus Louisiana Tech. And both of those, I was sitting on the floor in the dirt because every all the seats were, were, were sold out. The last regular season game
1: was a game against Louisiana that Tech. That was, okay. Yes. And, and uh, Louisiana Tech won that game in overtime. And then... That's right. We were in the same conference at that time. And then the Cajuns got to host an NIT game, and if you remember, that was the year that McNeese was thoroughly pissed because they felt like they deserved one before the Cajuns, and Louisiana got to host Florida, coached by Norm Sloan at the time, and I even remember the guy's name, Andrew Moten missed a layup at the buzzer, the Cajuns won by one, and it was the next game, that infamous game at Tennessee.
0: Ah. All right, so so there. I'll put that in perspective for
1: you chronologically.
0: We've screwed. We've got screwed in games against Tennessee a couple of times. Well, we screwed ourselves in that one. Yeah. Uh, Here's the fly ball. Well, interesting. Not sending the runner. I guess you you don't have any outs. I guess you don't want to ruin. Yeah, with one out, you probably send them. Yeah, and it's it was a short fly ball. Fly ball. well, while we're here and we're watching baseball, let's talk a little baseball. How, how, how big is the retirement of Paul Maneri? It is, um, you know, there have been a lot of folks
1: who have been on Maneri, well, maybe yeah. for several years. And there are going to be some folks who say, yeah, well, you know what, if he hadn't, he was told to retire, he was going to be fired. Now, yeah, is that accurate? Who knows? But I will say this. This is a guy who just got his 1,500th win, Yeah. okay? You don't get 1500 wins if you're a donkey and uh, you know i think that you know paul manieri let me tell you what i'm going to be grateful for paul Maneri. when he became the head coach at lsu he decided to go ahead and start playing the cajuns again yeah because because um, after the 2002 regional um, smoke a joint laval you know he didn't want anything to do with the cajuns because there was some bad blood and, and and I don't know if he ever did or not. I, you should smoke. I just added the, the rest of it. I but, know. I but <laughs> I was, I'm trying not to laugh. laugh. But but Maneri, when he got there, you know, Tony went and talked to him, and he said, "No," he said. He said, "We're going to play." You know, get, give me a year to to get things stabilized, and and then we're going to play. And he didn't have to do that, but I'm grateful that he did, and it started their relationship again with LSU. And so I'm always going to give Maneri credit for that. And the Cajuns won their share of games against LSU while Paul Maneri was head coach. But Maneri coached him to a regional and a super regional championship with the Cajuns present. So, um, you know, he won a national championship. And I'm going to say this now. LSU fans, and I think to to an extent, maybe rightfully so, they remember the dynasty that Skip Bertman built. And I remember when Skip retired, But it was a year or two later, and I said, you know what? No one in college baseball is ever going to be a dynasty again, and that includes LSU. So, you know, Maneri comes in. He wins a national championship. He gets to Omaha several more times well, but never wins another national championship. And because of that, he becomes a pariah. From LSU fans because he didn't win multiple national championships. Well, let's face it, since Skip, since 2000, LSU's won it once. Yep. And they may win it again uh, with a new coach, but you know you got to get off this. We're
0: entitled to win more national championships because guess what? They're not. Georgia Southern gets out of a jam, turns the double play to end the inning. So uh, we're going to the next game. I'm, I'm looking up the scoreboard, but they've got a commercial playing. Eight nothing. Eight nothing. So. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I think that you know there, there are teams, and I'm not going to say that are better, but I think the baseball world has changed, and I think for the better, having having new blood in there. My hope is that the next LSU coach, though, will realize that playing the Cajuns is a good thing, and that I know Coach Deggs knows that playing LSU is a good thing because they're they're both good RPI games for both teams. Maybe we can get a you know a home and home with them. I hope LSU does continue though the. Uh, the same the same policy that they, they, they would travel around the state promoting baseball and playing games at other people's stadium. I think that's a good thing for baseball. You know, one, speaking of baseball, one of the things that we have talked about here
1: is how this has really been a hitter's ballpark, even though the dimensions are, are a little weird, that at night, not so much, but during the day, the ball really carries. I want to say thanks to Dan McDonald.
0: Um... Ten games, thirty-two home runs. Wow! And I wouldn't. When we first sat down in the park, I wouldn't expect it because it's a big ballpark around around the uh, in the alleys and everything. And the
1: interesting thing is the game against Texas State. The Cajuns played. There were no home runs hit. And
0: in the in yeah. And, and then the, the Texas State's first game, a one nothing, nothing loss. That's too. correct.
1: No home runs hit in that one. And. um you know, the Cajuns hit two last night. Yes. And one of them uh, turned out to be a pretty big one. But it was a um, – this has been – now, tomorrow, there's a, there's a cool front coming in tonight. Yep. And tomorrow, that breeze may be blowing in. So, home runs might be at a premium for the two semifinal games. But I'll tell you, it's been hot And the humidity's been down a little bit. Yes. You combine that with the breeze blowing out, it's definitely hitter's ballpark.
0: It's a beautiful ballpark. We've talked about it several times with several people. How big was Ben Fitzgerald's home run? I mean, just... Oh, my gosh. You know,
1: momentum was kind of neutral at the time because... App State had scored a couple runs. They'd gotten it within three to within 3-2, to but they weren't able to do much more than that, and the Cajun bullpen kind of shut App State down. But the Cajuns didn't have momentum either. They were just, it's just that App was running out of outs. And, you know, you, you load the bases, and, and they walked Brennan Bro, and then they struck out Laday. So now it looks like the move they made is going to work. And Ben Fitzgerald said, hold my beer. I haven't hit a home run in a while. This might be a good time to do it.
0: The, it, the story that his mom told us after the game, we met met Shelly last night for the first time. Uh, she told us that she had told Ben at lunch that if he wanted an, another lunch tomorrow, if she was buying lunch, he had to hit a home run in the game. He waited till his very last at bat. But that was, I, I just, I, I'm just, so excited. And I can tell you that for me, I, I was nervous the whole game because I think App State is a much better ball club than they and, have been. And Tuthill's good. And, and yes, you know, Tuthill's not going to get drafted, all right, because he tops out
1: at about 88 miles an hour, which means he's going to be back next year because he's a junior. And um, I, was, I was a little concerned going in because I knew runs were going to be at a premium. When the Cajuns got the 3-0 lead, I thought they were in pretty good shape. And then, you know... It came back and, and, and got a couple to make it three to two. But how many times have we praised the Cajun bullpen this year and the job that they have been able to do? Tally comes in, and you know, Matt Deggs, all right, that's the most crucial part of the game. I need to get out of the inning. I'm bringing my closer in in the fifth inning. Um, and you know, he gave him a couple of innings of shutdown baseball, and then Eric Getty came in and said, okay. My name is Spencer Arrighetti, and you may have forgotten me the last month and a half or so. But
0: I'm watch, back. What I, watch what I can do. Were you surprised? If, I mean, I mean that Arrighetti was in the bullpen. No,
1: not at all. Okay. Not at
0: all. You know, if there's here's
1: something that we're learning about Matt Deggs. <laughs> that game had to be won yes he was going to do whatever he had to do to win it and guess what he's going to do that in the semifinals too and he may make a couple of moves that make you go okay why are you doing this but he's going to do everything he can to win that and fortunately he's got a deep pitching staff and but i'm here to tell you now if the cajuns are fortunate enough to get to sunday Arigetti's going to be available,
0: and so is Connor Cook. Let's talk about Connor Cook for a second, because I think what was lost in it all, up until Connor lost uh, lost his control or composure, uh, he was pitching a hell of a ball game. He was dominant. The thing that,
1: and Brad Topham noticed it, he had labored quite a bit, and by the end of the third inning, the rest of the Cajun team has got, you know, their normal red uniforms, and Cook's soaked through. And so, even though the pitch count wasn't up, I think you know he was really starting to labor in the fifth inning. But but if they're fortunate enough to get to Sunday, eighth and ninth inning comes. Don't be surprised if you see him if the Cajuns have a championship on the line.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's been fun all week, and we're exciting. I mean, uh, just meeting the family members that we haven't been able to do throughout the year because of COVID. It almost feels like a normal baseball, at least a normal end to a season.
1: You know, the last couple of weeks we've met parents that, that we didn't previously know, and that and the same thing has happened uh, on this trip. And, and I agree with you. You know, running into she- Shelly Fitzgerald last night was great. Um, you know, I, I think next year you're going to go back to 30 conference games, there will be more parents making more road trips. Uh, and you'll and you'll get to know some new parents and maybe some old parents that you haven't met yet, um, but but it has the last three or four weeks of the season has really felt almost normal again, and that's and that's great. You know, I I made the comment I think toward the end of the season, uh, and and I it might have been on. Um, and I think it was on uh, Inside Eagle Nation that yep. I did with Colin and Danny and uh, and Mike Hammett and Brant, Brant Freeman and Josh Sowers. They said, you know, what, what are you thinking coming into the tournament? And the first thing I'm thinking is I'm grateful because before the season started, we didn't know if, you know, how many games were going to be lost to COVID and we weren't, you know, we couldn't have many fans in the stands and, Every week and you're getting tested two and three times a week, your student athletes are, and and you're hoping you're holding your breath, hoping you don't get a negative test. As it turned out, we missed one conference series, and that was App State and Coastal Carolina. We got everything else in. So if there's anything that fans ought to be this year, it should be grateful. Yes. And if the Cajuns don't win the championship, fans are gonna be pissed off and they're gonna be rah. Right, 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 right. Be, be, be grateful you had a season to begin with. And if your team does win, then, oh, my gosh, what line up is that?
0: You know, last year after uh, college baseball was shut down, I still had the MLB package, and they offered me a refund and all that things. I said, well, let's wait and see what's going to go on, on with the season. But I can tell you that first 30 days of Major League Baseball, I probably watched parts, not all full games, but I probably watched 85 games or more. And I was just so disappointed desperate for baseball and it was so much fun for me I'm thankful
1: yeah and and you know we're, we're getting a full major league season this year but college baseball gosh i remember the day that i was on the radio and they decided to uh, cancel the sunbelt tournament and then they said okay we're canceling march madness and before the end of the hour they had canceled spring sports as well and what a gut punch it was you know for, for everybody and that and that included me um, the fact that we got games in this year you know we got 12 of, of a possible 14 football games We had 25 out of what normally is 31 regular season basketball games plus the tournament and we got 52 baseball games in in the regular season, even with a couple of rainouts, and we 're still playing baseball that 's just wonderful that's just, that's a wonderful thing
0: you know I know we talked about it. i don 't remember if it was on on one of these or if it was just us sitting around one night after the after the games, but to me it, it feels like it feels like it's been The season went by so quick but at the same time it seems like opening day was years ago almost I mean it's one of those things that's kind of an oxymoron but I'm I'm probably oxymoron all the way so
1: well moron part of it yes yeah no this is this has been great this this tournament's been fun and I'm going to say it again Cajun fans next year make your plans to come here great city great ballpark great food great drink it's park your car when you get here walk everywhere you need to go the people from the biscuits who have been here to help run this thing have been tremendous this has been a very kind of laid-back tournament as far as you know I I was talking with uh, Nancy Asheroff who's the senior associate commissioner just a little while ago and, and I said, one of the things that's been great is, wait, where's your pass? Wait, where's this? Oh, no, you can't bring a beer into here. You're yeah. gonna. We haven't seen that. We've had people who who, have, who get it, who have been cooperative. They've been great. what the merchandise place here oh. is amazing. Folks, I know, oh, I wish we had it in Biloxi and Pensacola. Well, you know what? If, if you're a beach person, I, yeah. I understand but doggone it, this is a great city to have the tournament. It's a great ballpark.
0: And I, I hope we're able to grow this thing and stay here for a while. You know, you talked about the merchandise uh, area there, the uh, store. And it's amazing to me because when you ask people, you know, how late are you going to be open? They usually tell you, you know, till the 7th inning or something. But the merchandise store has stayed open till the end of the games, until all the fans have left. We were able to buy our stuff on the way out so we wouldn't lose it during the day and do things it's been a great opportunity now I've, I've i've enjoyed this a lot i'm going to enjoy it
1: more if the cajuns can win tomorrow and sunday but this has been a great tournament and and you know the the pool play criticisms look it is what it is it wasn't supposed to be all 12 teams they made the best of a bad situation That's going away next year. And those folks who have criticized that, you need to walk a mile in somebody's shoes. Yeah. Because once again, you're complaining about, oh, there's a couple of meaningless games being played. Guys, we didn't know we were going to have a season.
0: Well, you know, with all of it, though, what how did it turn out the top four teams made it in the in the championship bracket and all of them went 2-0 so there couldn't be any discussion about,
1: about oh, we the should, one and one yeah, yeah the one
0: and one or we should have went with run differential or anything like that or who scored the most runs. it worked out now is it always going to work out no but this no. is the one year we're going to do this hopefully knock on wood but it, it's it's a good opportunity for everybody to play some sure. baseball And these seniors for ULM right now, they're playing for a little pride, and they're playing for a winning season.
1: Yeah, and and you know what? If you're ULM and you haven't had one in nine years, and I'm not going to count last year, they did have a winning season in the shortened season. But you haven't had a real winning season in almost a decade. Now, they're going to have to really hump it in order to get it Yeah,
0: uh, because they're at 500 right now.
1: But don't tell them this is a meaningless game.
0: No, they. they, they I, we, we spent times with Mike Hammett, uh, the, uh, the SID and play-by-play voice of the UL, ULM uh, Warhawks uh, for baseball. So it's been a fun opportunity for them. I think they, they enjoy the experience. I know they're probably not happy they had to wait around two extra days, but they're, they're still playing baseball, and it's May. So, no, there's no meaningless games right now. It's very interesting, though, as we sit here, our view right now is of a Teague Hardware Company warehouse. Yeah. The Teague is spelled different than the Teague in Louisiana, but to me, that's a little sign. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm kind of biased. I'm hoping the Cajuns are going to win this all, and then. Uh, but the, the view
1: here from the second level, which is the suite level, um, unbelievable. It's it is a great view of this ballpark, and there's so many quirks here. the 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 train coming by and. Uh, the fact that the the first baseline was the old train station, and, and they took that and kept it, and then made a ballpark out of the rest of it.
0: And they built the suites into it on that side they, too. They did.
1: I, this is just this is just great. Folks need to make it a point to be out here next year. Okay, have we talked enough? We
0: have talked enough. I'm sorry, this went longer, but I. I'm- This is awesome. Thank you so much, Jay. Thank you. Uh, Jay Walker, the voice of the UL Raging Cajuns with Craig Malasa on We're Talking Podcast. Thank you, and we'll chat again later. As proven, we will talk about anything. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it. Share it. Put it in
1: your podcast. Broadcast it. Or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.